Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adam Carroll. Uh, he is the founder and chief educator at The Shred Method, which is a way to help people pay their debts off more quickly. He's also written several books and is an educator on the whole topic of personal finance. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Adam. Jordan, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Just give us a brief history of kind of how you got to where you are today. Oh, gosh, where shall I begin? Uh, I graduated from college a debt statistic. I uh, had 20 several thousand dollars in student loans, $8,000 in credit card debt. I was upside down on my car. My dog had just died at home. My girl had left me at school. I sounded like every Dirk Bentley song ever written. And uh, Jordan, I, I met a woman my senior year of college who said, get rid of your debt or I'm going to get rid of you. And uh, from there, I, I started this pursuit of understanding financial literacy at a core level and ended up reading about 120 books on personal finance in the first two or three years of our marriage and uh, turned everything around from there. So let's just kind of have a broad view of the economy today. What is the, the Americans' situation with debt? Do they have it under control or is it out of control and gaining? What Kind of give us a, a sense of where Americans stand with debt these days. Well, I think we have to start with the fact that Americans love debt. It's what our entire economy is based upon. And so when debt is normal, natural, and good, whether it's good debt or bad debt, I think the majority of consumers out there probably have more than they should. And um, as interest rates rise, then the challenge becomes, can they afford the lifestyle that they've grown accustomed to when they've overinflated their income using debt tools like home equity lines of credit, credit cards, and the like? So in fact, recently, the numbers are pretty strong. The amount of credit card debt mortgage debt, home equity debt is rising pretty quickly. Do you think people are getting it over their heads? I do. I do. I think that uh, the last, let's say, five or 10 years, even when we saw a massive bull run in the market, we saw home prices go through the roof and everyone thought, well, I've got all this equity in my house. I should be able to tap it or I can sell it if I need to. And now we're starting to see this cooling off of the economy, which, you know, candidly is by design by the Fed. Um, and, and the folks that thought this, this gravy train would go on forever, they realized that it could come to a very abrupt stop for some of them. So what is your outlook, say, for the next year or so? The Fed's probably going to keep raising rates. What will be the impact on consumers uh, and borrowers for that? Well, I think the Fed has a missive that they're on, and that is that they want to get the inflation number and the federal funds rate within between half a percent and two percent of one another. So if right now the federal funds rate is three and a half and inflation is, let's say, eight and a half, there's a five point swing there that they are trying to make up for. And, and the, way they'll, the way they'll make up for that is they will increase rates. And the hope is that it will create a decrease in inflation, pushing those numbers closer and closer to one another. But, you know, the last couple of rate increases didn't really have the cooling effect that, that the Fed, I believe, thought they were going to get out of it. We're still seeing home values go up, still seeing people buy homes, even with rates at 7%. And so it probably is going to take until, from what I've heard, rates could go to 9 or 10% before we actually see that that yield spread or the spread between federal funds rate and mortgage rates begin to, or federal funds rate and inflation rate uh, begin to get closer and closer. 
So, I mean, there are signs that inflation is coming down. Commodity prices have come down. Home prices are not rising as much. In some cases, they're falling. The home market is clearly much weaker than it was. Uh, there are some signs of layoffs and unemployment. Do you think the Fed's policy is ultimately going to work to bring down inflation to its target of 2% or so? I think it will work. And this is a really interesting question, Jordan, because you know, historically, the Fed steps in and they have a lot of levers they can push and pull to make things happen. Um, you know, unfortunately, I also believe that the medicine will become the poison because there's no way that certain people can survive with interest rates as high as they're going to be, uh, survive financially, that is. And um, and then furthermore, what we don't know, and this is the big question mark out there, is what about supply chain? What about supply chain into 2023? And if supply is low and demand is high, will that not also create inflationary, uh, an inflationary environment? So there's there's a big unknown, and that is what will store shelves look like this Christmas? What will the economy look like in Q1 of 2023? And that's just, um, I think, one of those things that I wish we had a crystal ball to see. We just don't. And, and it's, a, it's a big unknown. So part of your solution for people is what you call the shred method. Uh, which is a way to get people uh, get their debt under better control. Now, this apparently is involving using a home equity line of credit or HELOC. Explain briefly how this shred method works. Yeah, the the HELOC is a component of it for sure. Uh, the shred method itself is a philosophy of using cash flow in a much more efficient manner. And um, the way I would describe this, Jordan, is there's a lot of folks out there, a lot of consumers that will get paid every two weeks and they'll keep money in their checking account. And the money they have in their checking account feels like this is discretionary money. I can just spend it, swipe my debit card, use my credit card, et cetera. And they'll watch that dwindle over that two week period until they get paid again, then it'll go up. Yet some folks will keep money in those accounts, whether it be a checking or a savings or a money market account for days and weeks and sometimes months on end, all the while carrying debt that has, in some cases, relatively high interest rates. And so the shred method teaches people how to leverage either a home equity line of credit, they can use a personal savings account that would be more discretionary funds, but use that as almost like the holding account or the sweep account where their income goes in. And the shred method has a piece of software that powers it. And based on that algorithm, it'll tell them which bills to pay and when, based on how much interest they can save by knocking out that debt early. And so our goal is to help people use their cash flow, their monthly cash flow in a much more efficient way to minimize debt and maximize their equity and then their liquidity at some point. So HELOCs are variable typically. They are. As the Fed has raised rates and as the prime rate has gone up dramatically this year, I assume the interest people are paying on HELOCs is much higher than it was certainly at the beginning of the year. How does that affect the time it's going to pay, take to pay off other debts? Yeah, it's a great question. When when interest rates were low and we were seeing HELOC rates, even teaser rates were in the, the 0.99% range, which is insane to me. But we were seeing teaser rates at 0.99, normal rates around three to four and a half percent. And today you'd be hard pressed to find a HELOC for much less than 7%. So they're going to be on par typically with with a mortgage, with a 30-year fixed mortgage. And some people will say you're just trading one debt for another. But the reality is if you're using it strategically, you're only borrowing against your HELOC in short bursts and in 
some amount of money that's that is um, it's meaningful and it's dependent on what your income and your expenses and ultimately your discretionary income is. So I'll give you a case in point, Jordan. If you were to borrow five thousand uh, dollars from your HELOC and put it against a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage, it would bring the balance of the mortgage from two hundred thousand down to one ninety five. But in doing so, if you had just gotten that $200,000 mortgage, and let's say it was at 7%, by putting $5,000 against it from the HELOC and bringing the balance down to 195, you're gonna skip somewhere between, let's say 15 and 18 payments to get to that $195,000 mark. So the question really is, how much interest is being charged on the $5,000 if you only have it for two or three or four months on that line of credit? because your your uh, discretionary income might knock down that balance over the next three or four months. The more we do that, what happens is you essentially accelerate the amortization table of your mortgage and you pay significantly less in interest. And we're talking like tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars less in interest over a short period of time. So I've seen other people with something similar to this. There's something called Truth and equity, for example, is another one called replace your mortgage. How is the shred method different from those? Well, and I'll take these one at a time. Replace your mortgage is probably, I don't want to say struggling right now, but they're having to change their strategy because what they were doing essentially was saying, get rid of your mortgage entirely and just have a first lien home equity line of credit. And the challenge with that is they're not fixed, they're variable rate. So imagine having a $200,000 first lien HELOC right now for 400 or 600 or whatever the number is, and the interest rate keeps going up, meaning your payment keeps going up. So that is different than the shred method because we really, uh, we, we really coach folks to use either that savings account or the line of credit, whichever makes the most sense. Truth and equity, uh, from my understanding, they're doing something very similar, but I don't believe that they have a software that powers the program. And our software is a, a complex algorithm that is doing about a 45 to 60 day look ahead. It's telling you exactly how much to send and when to save the most amount of money. So you plug your numbers, your budget and your expenses, your income into your software and it tells you how much to put where, is that exactly what it does? It does, exactly, yep. And it's very fluid, so if your expenses have risen this month, we plug in one-time transactions and you know maybe you've got a little bit more commission than before. All of that is, is included in the system, so you would update it in real time, reconcile it in re real time, and it would then tell you how much to send and when. Again, um, the algorithm's goal is to make sure you're paying the least amount of interest possible. And is this a subscription service or how do people access your software? It is a subscription model. Uh, we do charge a monthly fee to use the, the, the software itself. And the reason why we did it that way, Jordan, is the software I like to call a behavior modification tool. Because most people are trained by the banking system to walk heel toe, heel toe. And we're trying to teach people how to walk toe, heel toe, heel. And to do that, we actually have to have reminders. So the software sends emails, it sends text messages, and it's reminding you, hey, you have action required today, or in three days, you're gonna be sending this lump sum to your mortgage or to pay off your car. 
I see. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour, this hour is Adam Carroll. Uh, he is a personal finance expert. He's written several books on personal finance. He also has come up with what he calls the Shred Method. And you can find out more about it at his website, theshredmethod.com. We'll be back after this. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adam Carroll. He's a personal finance expert. He came up with what's called the Shred Method, which is a way to help you pay your uh, debts off uh, quicker. And you can find out more at his website, theshredmethod.com. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Thank you, Jordan. One of the things you did is you created the Broke, Busted, and Disgusted documentary on CNBC. Uh, tell us a little bit about that one. Well, I spent a good part of my career speaking on college campuses. And I, candidly, I was trying to make my mess my message. So going out and sharing with students how the amount of student loan debt and credit card debt I had taken on was was a, uh, a, a fairly significant mountain to climb once I had graduated. And all of these schools where I had presented, and over the course of 15 years, there were about 750 of them, I was asking students, how much will you have in student loan debt? And the number one answer I got, Jordan, was, I don't know. And that made me panic just a little bit because it meant that many of these students would leave school with tens of thousands of dollars in debt and not have any context about what it means to pay back tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt. So at one point, I, I had this idea. I was going to write a book called Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, True Tales of Student Loan Borrowers. And a friend of mine uh, pulled me aside one day. I was talking about it, and he said, you know, that would make a great documentary. 
and I said, you're right, it would, but I don't know the first thing about making documentaries. And he came back with, yeah, me neither. Let's do it. So we, we dove in, we did a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo and raised about $67,000 in 45 days and then went out and shot, produced, edited a full-length feature documentary that was then sold to CNBC, and it's been seen by millions of people. Very good. Let's talk about student loan debt a little bit. So recently, President Biden has this forgiveness program where he's going to forgive up to $10,000 for people with income up to $250,000 for a couple, up to $20,000 for people with Pell Grants. Is that going to make a major impact in helping people pay their student debt off quicker? My gut answer to that is no. Is it a gift? Absolutely. Some people, it will be a life-changing number knocked off the balance that they owe on their student loans. However, my sense is that there are so many folks out there that that owe far more than $20,000. And unfortunately, for many of them, we have made it so easy to make minimal, minimal, minimal payments on student loans. And you may remember a couple of... Um, presidencies ago, there was this mentality about we're going to make college affordable. And I always thought, well, at first I thought, this is great. Yeah, let's make college affordable. Let's knock down the cost of college. And in reality, what they did was they just kicked out the term on all of those loans so that if you owed 40 or 50 or $100,000 in student loan debt, we would get to a point where your payment could be $99, $200, whatever it was, whatever you could quote unquote afford. And, and for many students, they didn't understand that what they were doing was extending their student loan balance as well into the future. So to answer your question, Jordan, will it make a difference? To some, yes. To most, I think it's going to be a drop in the bucket. So obviously, it's a very controversial program. It's going to cost maybe $500 billion to the federal government, something like that, some huge number. Uh, the people who got it think it's a great idea. The people who either paid off their student loans, saved... Uh, didn't go to college, you know, who are not benefiting from this, are not too happy about it. Yep. Do you think this is a good idea uh, to do this controversial program? Well, can I permission to speak candidly? Yes, permission granted. I, I believe that this is a bit of a vote getter. Um, I think it is a gift. And, and I'm going to play both sides on this, a little bit of devil's advocate. I think it's a great thing for those that, that can, can seriously be impacted on it. And it's a little bit of a shot in the arm, like, okay, there is some relief coming. But, I, but ultimately, I think it's, you know, it's to look good uh, come poll time, come voting time. The, the second piece of this is if there are people that are be- belly aching about the fact that, you know, why are these people getting $10,000 or $20,000? I would love to know the cross section of how many of those folks got PPP loans. And, uh-huh. you know, the PPP program was was almost blanket checks to a number of business owners, some of whom were essential businesses and loans were forgiven and it wasn't a big deal. So, you know, I, I think our government does this with administrations. We we want to vilify the other, whoever, you know, whether you're red or blue, who's in office and who isn't, we're going to vilify the other one with whatever decisions they're making. But by and large, we're playing chess. We're just exchanging pieces at some level. And I think this is one more chess piece that, you know, that this particular administration is is taking or giving, however you choose to look at it. So the average person has, I think it's something like 38,000 in student debt when they graduate. Mm-hmm. Other than hoping for the government to forgive it, 
what is a good strategy to pay that debt off quicker instead of, as you say, it's being extended out many years? What's a way to pay it off quicker? Well, number one, I think that college and universities could do a much better job of articulating the notion that if it took you four years to acquire it, it shouldn't take you 21 years to retire it. And unfortunately, the average amount of time it takes to retire a student loan is about 21 and a half years. So 21 years later, the let's say $80,000 you borrowed, you paid back 160. And it, when when borrowers understand those kind of numbers, what I would like for them to do is get really intentional about paying off their student loans, as opposed to saying, well, I have 10 years or 20 years to pay it off, I'm just gonna roll the dice, because they don't understand the compound interest that's charged against it, or the, the amortized interest that's charged against it at the least, and how expensive that can be over time. So we, we tend to believe, and I think this is sort of like a narrative that we have all been lulled into, that if you can afford it, you should do it. Like I can afford that payment, so I'm gonna buy that car. I can afford that payment on that furniture set, so I'm going to buy the furniture set. And the reality is that when we when we build our life upon payments, we literally payment ourselves into a corner. And once you've payment[ed] yourself into a corner, it's really hard to get out because there's not enough discretionary income to actually knock down the debts that are keeping you there. So can people use the shred method to pay their student loans off faster, and how would that work? They can, and and it requires a couple of things, Jordan. So if they don't own a if Let's start here. If they do own a home and they're able to get a line of credit, a home equity line of credit, they could use that where they would funnel their income through the HELOC. The system would tell them how much and when to pay against their student loans. And you and I know this, maybe the average consumer might not, but if you are sending lump sums to your student loan balance, you're knocking off huge chunks of not only principal, but also of interest that you would pay into the future. So we're able to to pay significantly less over time than we normally would. That 160, in my example, would get knocked down substantially if you were to pay it off quickly. If you don't own a home, you can do it one of two ways. You could get a personal line of credit, a PLOC, or you could use a discretionary savings account. And we are very careful in coaching our clients you know, how much should you have on the side? Where are you leveraging it? The last thing we want to do is put someone in any kind of financial strait, dire strait financially. But we want to coach people that if they have a good, steady, consistently paying job, uh, they, are, they are disciplined in their money management. They have money at the end of the month, not month at the end of their money. Then we want to show them how to use that efficiently to knock down their debts. And this is the magic of it, Jordan. If you think about how student loans are issued, someone who goes to school for four years and borrows every semester would have eight to 10 student loans individually out there. We would actually go, go after them one at a time, assuming they're still out there individually. And you'll see your minimum payments get knocked down by whatever the minimum payment is on each individual loan as we knock it out. So when you're using the shred method, what you're actually doing is increasing your cash flow because your monthly bills keep getting less and less and less. Our goal is to help shred debt, but also to build that, that discretionary cash flow. When you make those extra payments uh, to the student loan, are they cutting your payments right away because you're, you're owing less principal? They're gonna adjust your payments right away as well? A very, a very astute question. So one of the things that you have to do is, and, and I'm gonna, 
my goal is not to disparage anyone or any company, but there are student loan servicing companies and lenders that have built their systems to be disadvantageous to the borrower. Meaning that when you send a lump sum payment in, they're gonna say, thanks for the payment, you now don't owe a payment for another six months. And that is not what we wanna do. When we send in a lump sum payment, we are gonna say, I want all $1,875 of this applied to loan number, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and I want it all to principal. There is no interest on this all principal payment. And so long as you're on time with your payments, they will credit it to that principal payment, but you have to make sure that the company is doing that. And and most of these repayment companies, the servicers and the lenders have made it really difficult. You have to jump through a number of hoops in order to make that happen. And the same thing on the uh, traditional first mortgage, Yep. As your, your example, you got a two hundred thousand down to one hundred ninety-five thousand. Yep. When does the payment change on the first mortgage as you're paying the principal down faster? Well, that's the amazing part. It doesn't change. Your your first mortgage will stay the same, but what will happen as you do that is more and more of your payment goes to principal, not interest. So our goal with the shred method actually is it, it could be two or threefold. Some people, Jordan, will say, "I want to pay off my entire mortgage." And I just want to get to zero because I hate having debt. And we can help them do that. Some people will say, I don't really care about having a mortgage payment because I can afford it, but I'd like to own more of my income. And so what we tell them is, let's get to a point where you accelerate the amortization table to a point where the majority of your payment is going to principal and very, very little to interest. And then the third group is, we show them how to blast away a, a good chunk of their mortgage and then reach out to their mortgage lender and recast the mortgage. So if you have taken a $200,000 loan down to 100, but there's still 25 years left in your amortization table, they will recast that mortgage over those 25 years and bring your payment down substantially. So it's really about you know what, what works for you individually as the consumer and the goal typically is how do we increase the amount of discretionary cash flow or minimize our bills? And there's a number of ways we can do that using the shred method. But you have to ask them to do it. Your your payment on your primary mortgage does not come down automatically. It does not. That is a request you'd have to make to your lender. And all lenders will do as you say and recast the mortgage so your payment does go down over time once you've built uh, taken down a, a significant amount of the principal. That's right. I, and it, we're painting with a very broad brush to say all, because not all lenders might do it, but but certainly there is a, a, a good percentage of mortgage lenders out there that would do a recast. Is this something you help people implement? I mean, you give them the software, but if they have trouble doing this or negotiating with their lenders, do you step in to help them? We, we don't necessarily step in to help them on the lender side, though what we will do is coach folks through the conversation. And part of the Shred Method program is we've built a really substantial community of what we call shredders who are all living according to these principles. And, and in, in essence, we get together once a month for a learning uh, opportunity, whether we're talking about passive income plays, we're talking about insurance products. Um, we bring them together to teach them what to do to make sure they're making the most of their money. So step in, no, but guide, educate, coach them. We will do that. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Adam Carroll. 
He's a personal finance expert. He created the Shred Method as a way to help people pay their debt off quicker. Uh, his website is theshredmethod.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adam Carroll. He's a personal finance expert. He came up with what's called the Shred Method to help you pay your debts off quicker. His website, theshredmethod.com. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Thank you, Jordan. In addition to this, you, you talk about something called infinite banking, which I think is using a whole life insurance policy. Tell us what infinite banking is, and uh, is, is that a good idea for whom? Yeah, I, you know, in my personal experience, it's been an amazing tool to use. Um, and I, what I often tell people when we're discussing infinite banking is that it really is a, it's, it's a process, not a product. So some folks will say, is it a good investment? And my answer typically is, it's not really intended to be that. Um, here, here's how I describe it to folks. We need buckets of money that we can leverage from time to time. And the challenge for most people in America today is they don't have an income problem, they have a liquidity problem. So the income problem that they don't have is that whatever income they make, the bankers have, have all said, oh, well, we'll qualify you for this loan. And it's typically based on their debt to income ratio. And then outside of that, they're investing in their 401k and a Roth IRA typically. And maybe they have some, some non-qualified funds, but it's probably not going to be that much. And outside of that, there's no real access to large sums of money at any given point in time. Should the, the need arise for a business opportunity or real estate or, for that matter, travel or buying vehicles. 
And so when I discovered uh, the power of infinite banking, I had read a book by R. Nelson Nash called Becoming Your Own Banker. And then I started a deep dive study into the families that are using this tool. And they are some of the wealthiest families in the world who are using it to pass wealth on from one generation to another. And my family and I started realizing that we could use the shred method to build equity in our home, use the equity in our home to fully fund and overfund, candidly, life insurance plans up to what's called the MEC limit, the modified endowment contract limit, which then allows those life insurance policies to build cash value over time. And if you do this well and you do it over a, a few years, what you have is a, a large pool of money that you can draw from should you be confronted with a business opportunity, with you know, what could be pending foreclosures coming and you can pick up great deals. It, you could borrow against it to drop money in a Disney stock when it drops to $90 a share and typically trades at 110. So it, it just gives you some, some liquidity and some functionality with that money that you don't necessarily have in a 401k, a Roth IRA, or some other qualified plan. Can this be used with any whole life policy, or are there particular companies that make it easier to do uh, this internet banking? Another very astute question. Uh, we tend to participate with mutual companies. So these are insurance firms that are owned by the policyholders. And examples of these might be Mass Mutual, Penn Mutual. Uh, it could be Mutual of Omaha. It could be Northwestern Mutual Life. But when you're when you're invest when when you are opening one of these policies, what you are counting on is two things. Number one, there's a guaranteed return on the whole life policy, and it won't sound like much. It's probably going to be somewhere between 1.75 and two and a half percent. And then on top of that, the mutual firms will also pay a dividend based on what those firms are making in profit for the year. So in the case of a mass mutual or a pen mutual, they may pay an additional two and a half to three and a half percent on top of the guarantee. So you're gonna end up you know, returning somewhere between four and a half and 6% on this, uh, this policy. Uh, and I mentioned that you can borrow against it. But what happens is you borrow against the policy at 5%, but the amount of money that you've put in still earns the 6%. So we still have a, a plus 1% yield on this. And then the, the money you're borrowing out, traditionally, you're going to go use foreign investment. And in our case, we tend to look at syndications, real estate syndications. It could be ATM tranches. But we're looking for things that generate passive income that allow us to just go back and refill the bucket over and over again. So it's an arbitrage. You borrow at five and invest at eight or some higher amount and, and keep the differences. I That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You're talking about making your income more efficient. Is that what you're referring to here? I am. And here's the, here's the bottom line. I think that people don't understand. They understand their credit score. Most consumers understand their debt to income ratio. But one of the scores that most people don't understand is their interest to income ratio. And their interest to income ratio, ideally, is it's looking at how much do you bring home on an annual basis. So let's say someone brings home $100,000 a year. But the interest expense that they have throughout the year on their mortgage, their car loans, their student loans they still haven't paid off, and maybe some of that pesky credit card debt they just can't kick, it totals $30,000. So they have a 30% interest to income ratio. And that means they don't own all of the income that they make. They actually have to work far harder 
than somebody who doesn't have that debt. And that's, these are the numbers I love to look at with people is let's look at how much interest you're actually paying a year and how do we scale that back to your paying minimal, minimal amounts of interest, which gives you a raise in income, like literally within months if you do it right. And so you're spot on. It's, it is about income efficiency. You're also a fan of what's called the FIRE movement, which is financial independence retire early. Is that correct? What do you think is good about the FIRE movement? You know, I like it, although I heard someone describe it as the FINE movement, F-I-N-E, and it was uh, financially independent next endeavor, which I really dig because financially independent retire early suggests that you're going to retire. And I, I mean, I speak for myself, I assume for you, Jordan, I don't know that I'll ever retire. And that idea of retirement sounds so final. It's like I, my next endeavor sounds pretty cool. So I like this model. The model is that we minimize our expenses. We maximize our passive income. And when our passive income or our investments supersede what our monthly expenses are, technically we're financially free. And for most people, they can they can be that far faster than they might imagine. Um, but they have to think a little bit differently outside the box in order to get there. You wrote a book called uh, The Build a Better, a Bigger Life Manifesto. Just tell us briefly what is in that book. Yeah, well, I, I'm now second guessing the, the word manifesto in the title because uh, I think that suggests something other than what it is. But the Build a Bigger Life Manifesto for me, Jordan, was the idea that we are all life architects. We all life. And I heard too many people in too many audiences make comments uh, about, well, I can't do that because, and typically what they would say is, well, I can't do that because I have all these bills to pay, or I can't do that because my kid's college is coming up and I have to pay for it. I can't do that because fill in the blank. And what occurred to me was you can do whatever you've set up for yourself. So you have set up all of these expenses or the fact that you're going to pay for your kid's college or whatever your, your thing was that you couldn't do it because. And so I just started uh, really digging into my own beliefs around the fact that we get to architect our own life. And to do that, we have to live according to our values, our highest values. We have to do thing like, things like ask bigger questions, have a bigger vision. And so one of the questions that I was asking myself, Jordan, was not how would I pay my house off faster? But I started asking the bigger question, how would I pay my house off by the end of this year? And I asked that several years ago. And lo and behold, in September of that year, we were writing a check to pay our house off. And in uh, late September of that year, we were traveling to Europe as a family and spending 30 days vacation in Europe because I was asking myself bigger questions. And so the manifesto itself is sort of a challenge and a charge to other people to really begin to ideate what your ideal life would look like and then go after it because it's out there waiting for you. You don't have to be in a, a job you hate, a life that you need a vacation from. You can actually build a life that works for you, but you have to be, again, you have to be thinking different in order to do that. I just want to go back briefly to the Shred Method. You said it's a subscription service. How much does it cost? Uh, and do you have to commit yourself for a long time or month by month? How does that work? Yeah, it's totally month by month. Uh, you don't have to commit yourself for a long time. The The investment in the software is $47 a month. And what we do is we have a, an upfront registration fee that allows you to take a course that will describe everything soup to nuts, how the system works. 
And then the $47 a month is the monthly subscription for the software. And, you know, the, the reality is that some people may look at that and say, wow, that's four times what Netflix is. Uh, but I will tell you this, that the $47 you pay on a month by month basis, you will save uh, exponential amounts on top of that in terms of the interest that you save in following the system. So we've had folks that have blasted away all their debt in 18 months, 36 months. Um, it's, it's an amazingly efficient system. So the investment is nominal compared to the return. And how much is the upfront, the, the, the one-time fee to get into the system? So it is $9.97 upfront. Okay. And for folks that have a line of credit, uh, they can easily use it for that. And you'll notice that within, again, 30 days, the amount you'll save on that will typically supersede what the investment of the, the course itself is. So, um, uh, I guess I'll put it this way. Why do people need Why can't they just understand the idea and just do it themselves? Why do they actually need the course and the software? <laughs> this is the age-old question. Uh, you know, I have people who say, well, I could do this myself. And I'll say, you probably could. How come you haven't? And, you know, the, the lion's share of it, Jordan, is it goes back to the behavior modification. Uh -huh. P people want a sure thing. And and this is this is the weird dichotomy that we're in in society today. We will put money in equities. We'll put it in the stock market and and plan on getting six to eight percent returns over the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And yet what I'm showing folks how to do is guarantee a certain return minimize your expenses and be able to what we call uh, it's called a 10 year freedom plan that within 10 years, most people can be completely financially free. That's guarantee. That's a guarantee that that equities and and, you know, who knows what kind of tweet is going to come out next that will t send the markets tanking. Um, I'd much rather invest the grand in, in a course and 47 in a software that will show me how to do it. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Adam Carroll, personal finance expert, a founder of The Shred Method as a way to help people pay their debt off quicker. Uh, you can find out more at his website, theshredmethod.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adam Carroll, 
a personal finance expert, uh, founder of The Shred Method, which is a way to help you pay your debts off quicker. The website there is theshredmethod.com. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Jordan, so good to be with you. So I heard that you played a game of Monopoly with your kids, playing with real dollars instead of the phony dollars. Uh, tell us about that and, and what they learned out of it. Well, I noticed that my kids were playing the game of Monopoly, and, and they were playing just slightly outside the rules of the game. They were buying each other out of jail. They were loaning each other money to buy properties. And, I, and I, while I appreciated how generous and kind they were being, I was also a little struck because it, it was on the heels of me presenting to a college audience where a number of students may had made the comment that it just didn't seem like money was real. They were using Venmo, they were using PayPal, uh, obviously Apple Pay, you know, those kinds of things. And it just didn't feel real to them. And so I had this epiphany that I wondered if my children would play the game differently if the money were real. And so I went to the, the uh, I went to my credit union candidly on a Friday and I asked to take out $9,990 in all the denominations of bills you'd find on a Monopoly board. And, um, and I went home and I played a high stakes game of Monopoly. What was different about than ha with having real money than having the phony money? Well, this is what was really fascinating, Jordan. All three of my kids have a different personality when they play. So my my oldest child, who is a daughter, my daughter, uh, is not a very strategic player. She would always play for chance and community chess cards. My middle son, very strategic. He would buy all the railroads and utilities, boardwalk and park place. And then my youngest son would buy everything that he lands on with no exception. And what I noticed was my youngest son became very, very conservative. He would count how many spaces, how much money he had. He was always keeping track of exactly how much he had in front of him and how much his life was going to cost. My middle son uh, stopped buying Boardwalk and Park Place, and he bought Oriental and Baltic Avenue and loaded up on houses and hotels. And my daughter started buying properties because she realized she wasn't in the game. And what was fascinating about it was, and this was uh, an epiphany my wife and I had afterwards, is that they're far more conservative with their money than they are with our money. <laughs> and and so from a parental perspective, what we realized was it was actually our goal to put money in our kids' hands and have them make decisions and mistakes, candidly, at a young age so that they would make five and 10 and maybe $50 mistakes, but avoid the five and $10,000 mistakes when they get to college. Very good. You did a book called Winning the Money Game, a rule book to achieving financial success for young people. What are some of the ideas in Winning the Money Game? This was my freshman effort on, on book writing, and it became a program that we did on college campuses all across the country. And in essence, Jordan, our, our, um, our logic, our, our framework behind it is that at any point in time in life, we are all playing a game with money, and we're either winning the game or we're losing the game. And unfortunately for most young people, they don't even know they're playing the game yet. So the rules are fairly simple. You have to play good offense and you have to play good defense. And offense is how talented and skilled you are at making money. And defense is how skilled you are at keeping money and, and or decreasing your, your expenses as a young person. And so we talked about understanding the rules of the game, how to play the game well, and specifically understanding the cost of things like credit card debt, student loan debt, and living a life that is beyond your means. So candidly, we use the analogy or the metaphor of the um, uh, NBA All-Star Game. Are you an NBA watcher, Jordan? Yes, yes. 
So if you if you remember watching the All Star game. You know, they'll get to like 200 points a game, which is unheard of in in any basketball game. But it's because each team is making 50 points uh, a quarter and they're playing all offense, no defense. Well, in the fourth quarter, they start playing defense. And it is so uh, it is so like the majority of Americans who get to the fourth quarter of their lives and realize they've played really good offense, but they've played terrible defense. And now they're struggling because they don't have enough money for retirement. So we talk about the game being both sides of the coin, both offense and defense and playing early. In general, what do you feel of the state of personal finance education in America, both at the high school level and at the college level? It's growing. It's improving. There's there's more and more players. Uh, you and I are both fans of, of the event called FinCon, the conference for financial influencers. And, um, you know, I think there's more and more people coming into the fray there that have really powerful voices. My fear is that there's a lot of folks giving advice on TikTok and Instagram that may be suitable for some, but not suitable for all. And that is, you know, that's one of the challenges I see in the market right now is personal finance is very personal for a reason. So, you know, buyer beware, consider the source and, and determine who you're listening to and where it's coming from. And, you know, I include you and I in that, for that matter, for the folks out there, this has to work for you. Um, you know, and for some people, this is perfectly suited for them and some it's not. And, and you've got to be able to discern that. You also did a book called 30 Days to $1,000, Minimize Your Expenses, Eliminate Your Debt and Build Your Savings. What are some of the things in there that most people may not be aware of? This was a fun book to, to write because it actually happened on two very long airline flights. And I sat down one day and just said, why are people having such a hard time saving a thousand bucks? And I then wrote a 31 day uh, basically email sequence on how to save how to save a thousand dollars in 30 days or 31 days. And, you know, one of the biggest ones in this. This may come as a shock. This may be totally normal for some people, Jordan. But if you simply go and reprice your homeowner's insurance, your car insurance every single year, you could theoretically save somewhere between three and 600 bucks a year just doing that. Um, and the reason behind it is insurance companies are going into certain areas of the country and they're saying, let's buy up Des Moines, Iowa, where I live, as an example. And so buying up that market means they're going to lower their cost for insurance in this particular area for anyone that calls in. And, uh, you know, they're going to market to folks, certainly. <laughs> but the goal is to get people to switch their insurance over to whatever that provider is. So candidly, every year I go out and I reprice my insurances. Um, and that typically saves me some money. That's number one. Number two is realizing, again, that interest to, to income ratio. I have people go and add up how much interest are you actually spending on a monthly basis for simply your credit cards. And if somebody's got, you know, let's say $5,000 in credit card debt at 20%, that's $1,000 a year in interest that they're paying or $83 a month in interest. So if somebody's making you know, let's say $10 an hour, that is eight hours they have to work a full day just to pay the interest on the credit card debt that they're carrying. So when we start thinking through those kinds of things, it's easy to claw back a thousand bucks and, and put it in a savings account. And then your final book is called Mastery of Money for Students. What is one idea that, that uh, comes out of that that people might uh, find interesting? 
It's amazing how many students don't understand the difference between W-2 and 1099 income. So many will say, I need to make some money and they'll go get a job and that job you know, pays them W-2. They're a, they're a wage earner. And then we have stories in the book from students who realize the power of 1099 income and the fact that they're, they can be more entrepreneurial. And one story from the book, Jordan, was a young lady I met at, at Southern Illinois University who came up to me and she said, I love your ideas about making money and entrepreneurship. I made $30,000 last year as a junior in college. And I said, what did you do? And she said, I sold certain goods on Poshmark, the resale app. And I said, what exactly did you sell? And she said, I sold Gucci t-shirts and Hunter rain boots. And she would go, this is brilliant, Jordan. She would go to high-end subdivisions, go into their Goodwill stores and resale shops, and she would look for these very specific products and then market them on her uh, her Poshmark site. And she was she was making you know roughly 2,500 bucks a month. Very good. In about two minutes we have left, kind of summarize what difference it'll make in people's financial lives to follow some of the advice we talked about in the last hour. You know, the, the reason that the reason that I do what I do, the reason that the shred method exists is we aim to create freedom in people's lives. And it feels like more and more people are are trapped in their own lifestyle. They're trapped in the spending habits. They're trapped in paymenting themselves into a corner. And so our goal in in you know presenting this information, having the shred method software out there, doing programs on college campuses is to create freedom for people. And and deep down, Jordan, I think that's what folks want. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Adam Carroll. He's a personal finance educator. Uh, he's uh, founded the Shred Method to help people get out of debt. The website for that is theshredmethod.com. He's the author of books, uh, Master Mastery of Money for Students, 30 Days to $1,000, Winning the Money Game, and the Build a, a Bigger Life Manifesto. Lots of different books there. So thanks again for being on the Money Entry Show. We learned a lot, Adam. Thank you. Jordan, thank you for having me. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.